Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. As it says in my headline, folks, I'm fired up. I'm Ron Luce. He's Juice. We're the Juice and Luce Show. Juice, buddy, holy hell, we have a great game to talk about. Before we get into anything, how are you doing, my buddy? Doing good, man. I, uh, anytime the Cubs win and the win in a different way than they normally win, it's intriguing. Uh, tonight's ball game was, in my opinion, the biggest of the season. Uh, if you were projecting to win a division, and they came out and they figured it out a way. Job's not done yet, though, Ronald. Job's not done. We've got we've gotten me over here, folks, ready to run through a wall. And then we got juice over here in the fucking mamba mentality right now. Just job's not done yet. Job's not done yet. I agree. The job is not done yet. But juice, I, I will say, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Morale is high. Shit is good right now. People are happy. Fuck yesterday's loss. Nobody cares about it anymore. 6-2 doesn't matter. This was the gutsiest win I have seen from a Cubs team, Juice, in at least five years. It has been a long time that I can legitimately remember, like, wow, they battled. Like, they maybe didn't have their best stuff. They couldn't score runners in scoring position because Corbin Burns was all over it. He pitched great tonight, too. Flowers where flowers are due. But Justin Steele came out and gave the gutsiest performance of his career. The bullpen came out and did their jobs. And the Cubs got away, Juice, with what felt like a playoff win. One to nothing tonight, buddy. And I agree with you. The job's not done yet. But Juice, from the top, baby, just win, baby, just win. I mean, I know you're excited about it. I know you're not. the job's sure. not done yet. But, I mean... Talk to me. What what were your favorite elements of the of the win tonight that give you faith about this Cubs team now moving forward? Uh just just the fact that they can play in conditions like that. I mean, there's a lot of guys in this lineup, and, and Justin Steele is one of them who took the ball tonight and haven't pitched in games like that, right? Since their tenure here. The different feel, that playoff type feel. Uh, I was interesting to listen to Ian Happ and Nico Horner on 670 Discord today and talk about how they feel like they have the good amount of guys in the locker room that, you know, can they can lean on. Those guys like Morrell and, and, and like Justin Steele can lean on during these times and, you know, kind of pick from. I thought the – anytime you can win against that team and in with their guy on the mound, that's a huge momentum swing. On the flip side, and I know that I'm going to get some sour juice comments in here. <laughs> you can give it right back by not playing well tomorrow. And that's baseball. So is this has got to, this type of baseball needs to be played tomorrow, the next day, and then for the rest of the season because the Cubs realistically, like, they don't have much room for air. There's a lot of guys behind in the wild card. They're running out of time to catch Milwaukee. I know it's only four games, but with the way they're playing, doesn't seem like they're going to have a lot of opportunity to, to win when they lose. So, yeah, tonight was great. I loved how they manufactured a run in that first. That was nice to see, 
you know, them come out and, and Nico Horner, you know, come around and, and pretty much, which was a, a hit by pitch, a, a little bloop double. And then, you know, belly just shortening up and putting the ball in play being a professional hitter. It's great. The Brewers tonight, and, and I love what you said about Burns. I, I didn't think, and maybe this is where we disagree. I didn't think Burns was that great tonight. I thought he left a lot over the plate, and I thought that his defense bailed him out pretty often, and he got lucky. He had a lot of, you know, 108, 105 off the bat right at a Milwaukee defender. I mean, if that ball is two feet to the left – in the bases loaded situation, which I believe was in the sixth or the seventh. I mean, that's, that's maybe clearing the bases and it's for nothing. I I thought Burns was ace, like how Justin Steele was when they needed to make a pitch. They made a pitch when they got a break, they took advantage of it. I thought early on, there was no chance we were seeing Justin working his way into the sixth inning with the pitch count. No, he, he changed his approach of a normal strikeout hitter, saw the wind was blown in and got some, you know, fly ball outs. It was great. I think things like that, when you realize what you need to do, what's best for the team in the moment, opposed to what's best for your stats. Justin Steele could have continued to try to strike guys out over and over and over again, made it four innings, and then David Ross is trying to, you know, hot glue gun his way to the end of the game. Yeah, sure, it could have been that. But he understood, hey, you know, I, I put up 30 pitches in that first. I got to get some quick outs, and he did that. And the, for the Cubs winning a game like this where they can really hand it down to those high-leverage arms, your lighters, your Merriweathers, and then to Alzale, that's what wins in the playoffs. If they can follow that format, they'll be scary for sure. Throwing out a guy like that, like Justin Steele, who can battle – the thing then becomes like, who's that two guy? Like, who can we look at and say, who's going to battle and give me six? And they got a guy going on the mound tomorrow who has been through the ringer for it. And the Cubs need to go to that bucket again and Kyle Hendricks and go, yo, man, you pitched a lot of big games for this franchise. This is on not on par with those World Series, obviously, but this is in that same bucket. It's in the same you know, spectrum of we need this game, we need to steal this Milwaukee momentum and then ride it into September. Hopefully after that the Cubs can look up and and things get tighter in the central race. But, no, it's a good win. It's a very good win. It's just that's why I'm just sitting here. I'm fired up. Yeah, I I love seeing Alzalei being fired up. I'm like, all right, tomorrow 120. Got to win it again tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's a quick turnaround. I think that's the thing that a lot of people – maybe are truly forgetting right now and not necessarily in a bad way, but this is going to have more than a playoff series in my opinion, because it's not 24 hours between start times, right? This is a quick turnaround. This doesn't happen in the playoffs. This is regular season baseball. It's the playoffs within the season. uh, And that's kind of what makes baseball so beautiful juice. Like I was thinking about that earlier. It really is baseball to me is the one sport and I think it was you that talked me into this because of the amount of games that are played. Baseball is the truly you live year to year while still planning for the future. But you mm-hmm. live year to year, right? Baseball is the is probably just because of the fact you play 162 and the pre or the postseason is so short. 
it really is just a, it's a chess match. It's a chess match of odds and gambling stats at that point, Juice. And that's why I think tonight's win is so hyped up and why that momentum going into tomorrow is there for a lot of us, right? Like I, 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 I know we're all showing, this is the beauty of the Cubs on tap group. Everybody shows different types of emotions. Tyler's out here. Let's effing go boys. Every single pitcher put their nuts out on the table and said, come freaking get it going for a series win tomorrow. Scott reminds us this is the 70th win of the year with 30 to go. <laughs> Joey's misspelling the word go. Scott's calling him out for it as always. Um, and this is a great stat too, Juice, because this felt good to watch as just a baseball fan because it was such a pitcher's duel. And I feel like in today's day and age, they're, they're getting fewer and further between. As Scott says here, amazing stats tonight, second time this season. Just the second time in all of baseball where both starting pitchers threw more than 108 pitches in or 108 or more in a single game. The ace duel doesn't happen a lot. And now it's happening. And this was one tonight with Burns and Steele. Of course, Joey's just out here saying nonsense <laughs> comments. But Juice, like you, like you said, the quick turnaround tomorrow – to me, now it does favor the Cubs a little bit because of this kind of emotional win. That's going to jolt you. That's going to get you up for the game a little bit more tomorrow than you're coming off the loss and going, shit, our backs are against the wall. Now we really got to look at this and say, we just got to grind it out in order to go home. The Cubs, if I'm the Cubs, if I'm David Ross tomorrow, Juice, I'm walking into that clubhouse and saying, guys, I know it's early. We're still riding that emotional high. Take that energy and momentum and leave it all out on the field for nine innings. You have the getaway day game and you have an off day before a very short trip to Cincy where you're, you're going to need some energy, but grind, grind for nine innings tomorrow and give this team a chance to win this massive series because they are right there. And like you said, they're going to turn to Kyle Hendricks and look at him and say, Hey, you've done this before. Like, we just need you to, to be solid for six. You do exactly what Justin did today and pitch like he has in big games. And all of a sudden tomorrow's game could really swing shit because you get some of that momentum going into the off day. You take that with you to Cincy because then it gets crazy, right? It's Cincy. It's the Giants. I believe it's a baked in off day and it's the Diamondbacks. Like, it's a very competitive schedule coming up for this Cubs team. To me, Juice, I, I know we all sit here and talk about, oh, this Brewers series is big because of the divisional standings. Of course. But you've also got every single team this Cubs team is fighting with for that NL wildcard spots coming up here on the schedule. It's, it's a double-end sword. This is all-or-nothing baseball starting tomorrow through the rest of the season because of the nature of the schedule, Juice. It's these type of wins, though, to me, that give the team energy in these dog days of August to keep going out there and giving the performance you need to in order to win baseball games going into hopefully a postseason run. I hope that's the case. Uh, I just feel like tomorrow's game, if you can get the division lead to three, it feels so much better than leaving with it at five. You know, that, that two-game swing just feels – like, I almost feel if the Cubs are two back in September in the last week, that it sets up kind of nice for them. Because, and by last week, I mean 
the last couple series, they, they have the Rockies, they have the Braves and, and Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the Braves may not be playing for anything at that point. So I'm not going to say that they're going to rest people during that series, but they may. They, there may be a little bit less focus from that that group of, of hitters, and, and they may be looking to spell more guys out. And then you talk about a three-game set. Yeah, it's on the road. It's in Milwaukee. It's at the end of the season. But both teams could be playing to see who, who wins the division. And and that means something. Right. You know, so I I think that the schedule it just you're right. Make sure that you leave everything on the line because then now there's an off day and then there's 13 more straight days of baseball against some three of the teams that you have to beat. Like realistically, if you don't, you could find yourself out in the division and the wild card. I mean, next September 14th, the next off day after tomorrow's off day, we could be looking at each other planning off season shows. Realistically. Oh yeah. If the Cubs play horrendous over the course of it. But what they did tonight gives me faith because like you said, they played for each other. They made big plays when they needed to. I mean Nobody cuts down Christian Yelich at second. 87% of the time, he's he's stealing a base. Jan Gomes, in the moment, throws a seed. Boom, out. And, and at that point, it was Merriweather needed to get one more pitch to get the strikeout. It, that ended the inning. The, the throw down to second ended the inning. And then once you knew Alzaway was coming in against that group of guys, it, it was over. That throw means so much, but it's those plays that are the difference between winning a a series, losing a series, or playing in the playoffs and not at this point. You know, you look at at Jan Gomes, and, and yeah, like he's a good – he calls a good game, and he can throw to bases, but he's not the best arm in baseball. You know, it's it's not a guy you're like, oh, Jan Gomes, we can't run. But I just – it's it's those little plays that make you feel like this team's got a chance. And Milwaukee made a ton of them tonight. I mean, terrain like all over the place. The the line out, step on third, like those are the breaks they could get. And like I said, Burns made pitches to get out of innings all day. But and I want to revisit that. Like I don't know how you feel about Christian Yelich at that time bunting in that eighth inning, but to me that was a Cub win. Anytime you can get that hitter to put a bunt down, even if he gets a hit, I, I feel like he was extra base hit written all over him in that inning. And then, then the heartbreak, you know, the heartbeat starts going. And sure, I, my question just becomes like, I don't know if that was from the dugout or if that was something that, you know, he did on his own. But in that moment, like, I'm like, man, he's bunting. That's, that's a win. That keeps that keeps the ball in the park. That keeps the extra base hit out. And I know he probably thought, yeah, I could steal second. But, I mean, anything could have happened. He could have gotten picked off. The next guy could have grounded into a double play. You know, it just takes so many variables out of the game that I just I said, and I was like, why is he bunting? I thought that was win-win for the Cubs in that moment. But, yeah, I think that 
the way they played tonight means that they can win games in different ways other than slugging like we've seen over the course of the last two months. And that's great because you're going to have to win like that in September. You're in October when it starts to get cooler and, and runs are, are less likely and the wind's blowing in like it is to, it was tonight. Like that's the Cubs are going to have to win like that. And just there's a few things. I thought the first thing was just a little nervy, to say the least. Like clean that up, clean up, you know, the, the runners and scoring position stuff. And, and man, like this team wins tomorrow. Look out. Yeah, absolutely. The momentum can be in the Cubs' favor. And again, that is why this series is so important. A couple of comments here, too, really quick. Scott saying Reds and he calls them the D-bags, both losing tonight by five. Um, and Juice, he asks this, and, and I'm going to save this for a little bit. I'm just going to tease you with it now. He says, PCA Friday odds. Mull on that for a second because we got to talk about tonight and just the gutsiness of this team. Jan Gomes, two hits. Swanson, two hits. Ian Happ, two hits. Morell with a hit, and then Talkman with a hit. It just, this team tonight, like, they got on base. They had opportunities. They gave themselves chances to score. And, yes, I, I think I, I sit here and agree with you, right? Like, you got to take advantage of one of those opportunities. You got to be able to do it. And I know Burns is a great pitcher, and, and he's he's got the, the stuff, right, to, to avoid some of those situations. But it's just, you, you're ready for that timely hitting. But at the same breath, I think of timely hitting tonight, and it's Cody Bellinger who his hit didn't count as a hit, but he did the right thing in the moment. He knew, okay, we have two men on. I can roll this over to the second baseman, and because the runners are maybe getting a start or it's got just enough hop on it, he has to throw me out at first. The run is scoring. There is no if ands, or buts about it. Just good situational baseball juice. And I think that's, to me, that is the biggest takeaway I have from this is, okay, this Cubs team can play when situational baseball really comes into play like playoff games is when that situational analysis really takes a forefront. Of course it does over 162, but when you magnify it to this type of scale, this is when it really matters. The fact they were able to get the one run and then get the pitching they did tonight juice. I, I just, I am truthfully over the moon about this performance, seeing that this Cubs team juice I think at the end of the day, what this game tells me, nothing was pretty. Nothing was necessarily earned, but they battled. And if you have a team that can battle when the season is on the line in a lot of ways because of the nature of the series, it gives you a lot of faith going into what is a potential October that this team can do something. Now, I'm not sitting here and guaranteeing a championship like Joe Namath did back in the 60s, <laughs> but I am saying – just give this team a chance because at this point you could sit here and play the probabilities game and how many outcome scenarios. And it's like Dr. Strange in the Avengers end game, right? The one scenario, who knows, who knows, just give this team a chance because they're fun juice. They're playing hard baseball and they're playing playoff style baseball. You could tell this team's ready to win and they want to win. And that is the most refreshing thing after the last couple of seasons, Juice, especially for us here at Cubs on Tap. I feel like ever since we've started, we've had heartbreak and more and more heartbreak. We had the 19 collapse. We had the 2020 
early season dot early season, we had a month of dominance to only to piss it away to the Marlins and the freaking expanded playoffs. And then the epic sell off last season. Now we're here. This game tonight. I know we're talking about this game is like, wow, this game is a, a, a momentum changer. It is. It really is. Because we're at the point in the season now where each game is so magnified. This game tonight, Juice, truthfully, just it took me over the moon. And I, I know we've we've talked in very generalities of everything tonight. But can we actually sit here and examine Justin Steele's stat line really quick? Of course. Just really quick. Six innings. We know it's the 111 pitches. This is the 15th win. Justin Steele is the first Cubs since Jake Arrieta in 2016 to accumulate 15 wins in their first 25 starts. Arietta did it in 24 starts. I believe this might have been number 25 for Steele tonight. But he's 15-3 and three on the season, six innings. He gave up the six hits, no earned runs, only one walk. But this guy might not have had his best stuff and only walked one guy. Still struck out eight, a 2-6-9. Damn, that's fun and also nice. ERA. Second in the, in the league right now. Justin Steele's performance tonight, you know how, like, in anything in life that you get nominated for, you need that, like, shining moment. Somebody's got to write, like, a review or somebody's got to – something to make you stand out. This start for Justin Steele tonight, Juice, makes him stand out because that was the gutsiest, ballsiest. I don't have my best stuff. I worked into a pitch count just travesty in the first inning. But I battled, gave my team a quality start, and we came out with a win. If you weren't before, Juice, is tonight the night that you turn to Cubs fandom as a whole and say, we have found our ace. And if you tell me otherwise, you're wrong. Because personally, that's how I feel. Justin Steele is now the ace of this baseball team, if he wasn't already. Yeah, I I mean, I think this is a conversation we've had far too often. I think this is a conversation we had – going back to last year, you know, even, even late going into last year, he was putting up numbers that were, you know, at the top of baseball, you know, with the likes of, of Scherzer's and Verlander's. And yeah. And I think that this only vaults him into a better situation within his baseball career as well. And what I mean by that is because he, knows he can go out there and battle like this and only helps him three, four years down the line when he's still a Cub. And the window is much wider open than it is right now. I think the greatest thing that we've kind of talked about in terms of this win, yeah, it's a win and it's one of 162 and it's, you know, 2023, but there's a lot of moments tonight that are going to, you know, boost development in the future too. You know, there were guys in the lineup that haven't had this type of situation ever in their in their careers. Yeah, Justin Steele is one of them. That's the biggest game that Justin Steele has ever pitched as a Cub, by far. And, and going into it, it was the biggest game he has ever pitched as a Cub. That, that game held more weight than anything he's ever, you know, done with the Cubs and probably in his career too. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, I know he's probably pitched things like in high school and state championships and things like that, but 
it's pro baseball. It's in front of millions and millions of people. There's no comparing those two. I mean, I played high school baseball for in big games. That doesn't mean that I've, you know, played the same amount of, of competitive nature as these guys who, who are in the major leagues get paid, you know, millions to go out there and perform. It's the biggest, that's the biggest game in Justin Fields' belt. Hunter or Justin Fields. Justin Steele's belt getting into some football. Same, same juice. They're both taking yeah, over Chicago. They're both, they're both him, as they would say, as the kids say these days. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's guys like Christopher Morrell who can take from today. There's, you know, names like Edward Elzele coming into a situation like that. Yeah, he's closed games, but have you closed games under that type of pressure? You know, we've seen him, you know, at Wrigley Field with two and three run leads come in and, and lock it down. No room for air tonight. One base runner and a bomb and you lost. One bomb and, and the Cubs bullpen is screwed and you're going to, you're going to extras. Most likely, you know. But – I think that, you know, you said earlier on in the show, you watch baseball, you enjoy the season, you sit in the car for the season, but you also look ahead to the destination. You look to where the car is going. And that's this, you know, future that this team has with this court. I think it's very bright, but it's wins like tonight and it's performances like Justin Steele has tonight where he can pull from in two, three years down the line and go, I felt this. There's no, this is what I got to do. I've thrown 30 pitches in an inning and I've made it six. I just got to take it one batter at a time. Oh, the wind's blowing in. I know I can throw this ball here and get a, get a fly ball to, to Talkman or to Hap or somebody, because I know that I'm better off staying in this game longer with this one run lead just trying to buy more time for my offense to figure it out. There was a lot of great things that happened tonight. And I think that not only can you look at it in the lens of, yeah, it's great for the 2023 season, but the future starts to look even brighter because those iron sharpens iron and these situations that the Cubs can get in and, and have these, you know, successes in, it only makes, everything easier later and that's no matter the way this and i i hate to do this because i pray that the cubs make the playoffs i want them to make the playoffs so badly this year but no matter how this season ends for the next month they have gained more experience and had more lessons over the course of this season than any before and I think any of us on this this show, Cubs on Tap, would deem this year as successful. If even if they fall off a cliff in September and fight their way, and it just does, it, maybe it just ends up that one of those teams that are chasing them right now just play ungodly good baseball over the course of the next month. It can happen. And the Cubs play good ball, but they fall just short. I think that no matter what – sorry, my, my, my little watch went off. No matter what, we'll look at this season and go, okay, we got something here. There's a lot of you know different lessons that were learned. We know what needs to be fixed. Let's ride. But in the moment here, momentum is your next day's starting pitcher. Kyle Hendricks, be that leader. Be that guy. 
Juice, I'm going to turn it over to you really quick. Any final thoughts on this game before we go ahead and look ahead to a quick turnaround tomorrow? Yeah, the whole robot ump thing, I'm coming around on it. The, there were so many situations tonight where uh, <laughs> egregious strike calls on Cub hitters. Like that yeah. change at bats, that change sequences, that change it, asinine tonight. Just awful. If the major leagues doesn't want to put in the robot umps, at least allow the ball clubs to challenge once after inning six or twice after inning six. Because it's it's absolutely ridiculous that we're sitting here and Corbin Burns gets three inches off the outside corner. Like, he's tough to hit in the zone. He doesn't need three inches off the outside corner. The one to Saya was just egregious. That ball's not even close. And then the strike zone opened up even more and more and more over the course of the last couple innings. I was done with it. I'm, I'm getting close. The, the major leagues needs to do something about it. That's my final thoughts. Because it would have been a damn shame if the Cubs would have lost this because Adbert gives up a home run – in the ninth, but the Cubs should have had bases loaded with one out in the eighth or the seventh. Like it's just that you can't have the guys who are supposed to be governing the game just be that awful. Like you, there needs to be checks and balances, or there needs to be a system that you know allows the manager to you know hold this in their own hands and and, and at least challenge the fact that you know that's not a strike because. I think if the if the umpire could watch the replay, been like, man, yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, a hundred percent in juice. I'm going to respond to your final thought with with something that I told my dad the other day. I I had this epiphany while watching one of the Cubs baseball games. Um, actually, it was Saturday night. It was Jordan Wicks game. That's exactly when it was. It was Jordan Wicks game. And I told my dad, I said. I have a reason as to why the umpiring is so bad. And here's why. Hundreds of years ago when baseball was created, players were not throwing 80, 90, 100 miles per hour. They were throwing 40, 50 miles per hour max where the human eye can pick up on what's a ball and what's a strike. So you can have the human system comprehending that. How often do we hear people when they talk about baseball say, Oh, well, you know, Shohei Otani's hurt because the human body wasn't meant to be able to sure. put out that much athleticism at this point in our evolution. The same idea involves pitchers, right? Tommy John is more popular than ever. It just so happens that medical, you know, medical advances have made it where Tommy John doesn't end your career anymore like it did 50, 60, 70 years ago. I think it's just baseball has gotten to a point where the human eye is no longer valid in terms of standing behind a catcher who you already have a height and depth perception disadvantage at when balls are that close and they're trying to frame it because it's that quick at the human eye that you can't tell. I think it's not a solely blame the umpires because they can't figure it the fuck out. No talent is better than it's ever been before. Guys are throwing harder than they ever have been before. The time is now for robo-umps because the human just physically can't do the job properly. And that's not a shot at the dudes. That's just our physical limitations as people. 
it's time to get Robo Umps in there because it's not a oh the game is is so terrible now because of these umpires. Yeah, sure, we've lost a lot of good umpires because nobody wants to ump anymore. But at the same time, the human eye just can't keep up with these 100. Corbin Burns throws a 95 mile per hour cutter that moves at the last minute six inches. That's not human. That's no. just baseball now, which is awesome for the fan. But is a disadvantage to a human eye as an umpire in the position they are in. So that is my like big brain thought of why Robo Umps are acceptable and okay. And it's not even like a these guys suck. It's just we suck as people because we're not meant to be able to you know quickly analyze the fact that a hundred mile per hour fastball is only a half a centimeter off the plate and it's not a strike, it's a ball because the human error the human brain is not meant to do that. Juice, really quick here. I have a final thought. Scott does too. I'm actually going to share his real quick. He says, tonight in May 29th against the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, I remember. It was a game I wish I was at. Actually, I think I had tickets to it initially, and I just didn't go. Against the Rays are the only 1-0 wins for the Cubs this season. That was the Marcus Stroman complete game gem. Absolute beautiful performance. I'm pissed I wasn't there. It is like me where I say, I'm not going to go, and then they actually do something good. My final thought, Juice, is this. It finally clicked in my brain today that Ian Happ is okay. Should he maybe hit out of three spots just to change shit up here and there? I still believe that. But when you look at all of his numbers, like it clicked. It finally clicked with me today. It took like 15 times of hearing the exact same statement for it to click. But like his underlying numbers are all the same of last year. Yes, he has less extra base hits. His home run pace is actually better than it was at this point last year. He's slugging a little more in the sense of the home run. And he's still getting on base. He's just doing it more via the walk than he is via the base hit. I feel like Ian Happ has conformed his physical game to the three hole. Because maybe the Cubs asked him to be that guy. And they said, we will take you striking out and not getting on base a little more in terms of the average for your high walks and your slug when it does come into play. And we will put other guys around you where if you have a bad day, we can still win ball games because we like your defense. He made a goal go play today. That play in the Ivy is not easy for anybody. That's that's also a Wrigley advantage. That's what he gets for playing in front of Ivy for 82 games a year or 81 games a year. Pardon me. But I, all I have to say is I love Ian Happ. I, I'm pissed that I, I've like stopped appreciating him maybe as much a little bit at points this season just because of the frustration throughout a 162-game marathon. But Ian Happ is fine, and I still love him as a player. He's just having a very different season, but a still just as productive season as he did last year. So that's my final thought. He had two hits tonight. Um, Ian Stapp, Ian Happ's doing, still doing good shit. Ian Stapp, too. Ian Stapp Ian Stapp is playing really well, too. Ian Stapp <laughs> is playing fantastic juice. Um, let's go ahead and look ahead to this quick turnaround juice. It's a 120 beauty at Wrigley Field on a Wednesday afternoon. It, it's a good pitching matchup again. It's Brandon Woodruff against Kyle Hendricks. Woodruff, after missing a large chunk of the season, has returned. He's three and one with a 265 ERA. I believe this will be his seventh start, if I remember correctly from the graphic earlier in the broadcast. Um, as for Kyle Hendricks, five and seven of the year, 380 ERA though. Like Kyle's, Kyle's Kyling, and it looks really good. Uh, and I'm gonna big. I'm personally a big fan of it. Juice, 
What do the Cubs need to do tomorrow? Rubber match. It's a quick turnaround. It's a getaway day. It's an off day for the Cubs, too, before four and three with the Reds. How does the let's go energy that we've generated tonight go into tomorrow? I don't I don't care how they do it. Just win. Like this is this is the time of the season where if Kyle gives up five, I thought I get six. It's just this is just this time. I I I don't I can sit here and say, yeah, they gotta do this, this, and this, but it's all gonna hit the fan once the game starts anyway. It's, I mean, who would expect tonight for them to be, you know, put up one run in the in the first and then that'd be it? You know, it's that time of the season where all of us just need to look at each other and say, just win, baby. Right? Like that that old was that Al Davis who did that just win, baby, the, the old Raiders thing. Like that's just win, honestly baby. that's that's what we gotta do over the course of this next guys need to contribute when they get and an opportunity to, to help the team. What would be really nice is if the Cubs had the inverse of what happened on, uh, on Monday and they won like six to two, that would be, that'd be great. It would, you know, get Milwaukee's attention, I think for a lot of the next, you know, runs of base run of baseball over the course of September. But yeah, they, they just got to figure out a way to beat a really good baseball team. Like tip the cap to Milwaukee. They, they are annoying to us because they are good. Like I, I think that they, yeah, they don't have the the huge names like the Cubs do with, you know, Cody Bellinger and Dansby Swanson and Ian Happ. They, I mean, they got Yelich and the Yelich hats. You know what I mean? For a lot of it. And, and that's enough because they have a great manager they have a great pitching staff, and they don't beat themselves, and they play unbelievable defense. So, like, tomorrow is when you get an opportunity and you have to move a runner, you move a runner. When you got to get an out, you're asked to get an out on, you know, if you're coming out of the bullpen and it's a high-leverage situation, got to get the out. But tomorrow is all about doing the little things. Little things help win. You mentioned it tonight. Bellinger puts the ball in play opposed to striking out or, or hitting a weak pop-up. He puts it on the ground and he puts it in play and the Cubs score. And that ended up being all they needed. That's the type of baseball that needs to be played tomorrow. It's, but like I said, bring the intensity. And I don't think it should be difficult to do that. It's the fucking brewers and you're chasing them for the division, but be ready to play and be ready to contribute and just beat a really, really fucking good baseball team. Cause that's Milwaukee is they're really fucking good. Like you said, they're annoyingly good and, and we all hate it. I'm in agreement with you juice. And you know what? There's, there's two names I'm looking towards tomorrow to make a big difference against this, against this team. Say Suzuki is an eight thirty three average and six at bats home run, three ribbies. Dansby Swanson is a 455 hitter and 11 ABs with a home run and three ribbies. Those are the two guys I'm looking for tomorrow to generate enough runs. Give me those guys. Give me a little bit of belly action. Maybe get this job done. Kyle gives you a good performance. The bullpen hopefully isn't needed. Like you mentioned, and they can just keep on keeping on because this team has what it takes 
to get wins done. A couple of comments real quick, Juice, and I'm going to hit you with a rapid-fire question uh, before we got out of here. Hank Rodriguez says that he put Tyone on waivers. He knows <laughs> it's not going to happen. He simply doesn't want to ever see him pitch again another game for the Cubs. I think that's a little harsh, personally, but it's neither here nor there. David Snyder says, last year, no way the Cubs won a game one nothing. Shows how good our pitching staff is, is becoming. Elzele is the pen bull. Yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of got that bulldog men- mentality in him, and it's absolutely fantastic. Juice, quickly, what are the odds, PCA, September call-up on Friday? Yo, I was just thinking about this question, and then I was curious what Mike Tockman was doing over the course of the last 15 games because – Realistically, if you're bringing up PCA, that's whose position he's taking. I didn't realize this, but Talkman only has like a four, 149 batting average in the last 15 and is not getting on base as much as he was earlier on in the year, only at 286. I love what we've gotten out of him. I think the odds are a lot better now than they were 15 games ago. Let me just say that. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do it, but looking at what's happening with the roster and how they don't trust Christopher Morrell like on the field at all defensively, there's very little options other than PCA that makes sense. And at least you know with PCA, he's you're going to get you know great A defense and whatever it gives you with the bat is like that's like gravy. But I mean, if if your center fielder is already hitting you know, 149 over the last 15. Like, I, I've i watched plenty of Pete. He's going to do more than that. Um, wouldn't surprise me, but I still – I'd take the odds that it doesn't happen. Let me just say that. Like, I, I think that I'll, I'll be the first that's thrilled and like, holy crap, what a shot to the arm in September. If he's one of the September call-ups – and he just has a monumental like finish to the year. How great would that be? I mean, that's like that's like trading for that's like trading for another outfielder that we kind of talked about on the show that we wished that they did. But yeah, I I think the odds are better now than they were 15 games ago. But I don't know. I'm just I'm really indifferent on that because one side of me is like, yeah. 2023 has been so fun. Let's make it even more fun. And the other part of me is like, maybe we should do what's best for his development. That's fair. Uh, a couple quick comments here before I respond to what you had to say. Uh, Scott says two added roster spots for the September call up. Don't they get another one for the double header? I believe that is true. They should get an extra yeah. one for the double header just for one day. Um, and then Snyder, David Snyder says over the drama with Tyone there. He had a no hitter going into the six. Ross needs to know when his pitcher has lost his stuff. Come on, get real. I mean, in fairness, yeah, he had a no hitter with a four run lead, and everybody's like, oh my God, he lost it to the Tigers. But like, I mean, I would have left him in too. He was dealing, he was fine. So uh, it's just one of those things. But juice back to the PCA comment here. I'm in agreement with you. I think the odds are better. Talkman has struggled a little bit lately. He had a big hit tonight. He had some good plate appearances tonight, gave you some playoff-like plate appearances, but he hasn't been the Mike Talkman of what's carried this team through, you know, into becoming buyers, really, uh, when they did at the trade deadline. I think he would still, obviously, Talkman would stay on the roster. He would probably still play. But it would be really cool to see PCA. I'm not going to lie. I would be pretty stoked to see PCA myself. So 
we will have to wait and see what happens. One quick last question for you, actually, Juice, before we truly sure. break this thing down. Um, the Angels and a couple other teams putting guys on waivers today. This is like this is becoming the new second trade deadline now that yeah. that's on. Where guys yeah, they the just waiver get deadlines. <laughs> yeah, the waiver deadline, they just get they get salary relief for a team claiming a guy and say, Hey, if you want to pay a salary, you can have them. We need to get rid of them or we just don't want to pay it. We're, we're struggling. We're not going to win. Hey, you playoff teams come get them. Do you think the Cubs go after any of the guys that were waived today? And, and among those, Mike Clevenger, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, um, Matt Moore, Grichik, uh, Hunter Wenfro, quite a few like decent sized names that are probably going to latch on with playoff squads. Jake Bunowski, friend of the program and, and, and Dinger's panelist, wrote a great article today about this topic point, mostly focused on the Angels, but there's a couple other names that come for a few other teams that could be in play. Do you think the Cubs go and make a move and, and add a little bit of depth here on the waiver deadline and pick up some extra salary here, Juice? I think they're going to try. I just – they're at 20th. I think it would be a miracle if – any of those names that they like got to them. I think there's still teams that are going to try to add to just piece their way. I mean, Giolito is at least an arm that gets you to the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like that's what these, these teams are still doing or at the bottom of it. They're just trying to bring in arms to, you know, eat innings at this point. So, I mean, there's going to be a lower end team that puts in a claim on a guy like that. There's just, there's just gotta be It's just the way it usually works. Um, I got a uh, alternate idea for that, though. Why don't they just add Luke Little to the forty-man roster because they have to because mm. he's real five eligible, and let's bring him up. That's something that I am in agreement with. And you don't have to use a waiver claim for any of that, and you don't have to worry about somebody else taking him. He is on your roster, so um, how about uh, cutting some of this fat that's with this roster? And uh, giving guys like Luke Little a chance in September to, you know, carve out their own position and their own spot in that bullpen. That'd be kind of fun, right? Oh, yeah, it'd be super fun. I like the Luke Little idea. I really do. I think a lot of people have, I don't want to say forgotten about him, but he's definitely not the sexiest name that could come up. But he's been good. Like, he, he's shown his stuff and has been able to get things done. Um, Scott says Harrison Baver got waived, not fair to baseball. As long as he doesn't end up in the NL Central, it'll be fine. Um, Scott will send the Italian ice cream, come back to Chicago. I'm wondering if that means Giolito. Um, could be interesting there. And then Dave, uh, with an interesting comment here, he says, quit with the PCA stuff, not ready. Look at his stats, not even hitting 260. Other guys more ready, Mervis, Perlaza, Canario, all doing much better than PJ. Just pick one. So, yeah, I mean, there is a potential chance that they do pivot, but I, I think the excitement is around PCA, right? Because he can come up. He's going to play gold glove level center field as well. You're not losing that by, you know, Bellinger not being in center field. I think that's why a lot of people are hoping for that. And maybe just puts spark in the arm. You never know. He's that kind of player. He's that Javi Baez, change the tempo type of player. So who knows what will happen. Juice. Lots of final thoughts here. Lots of good stuff. Cubs go for the series win on Wednesday after a big 1-0 win here tonight on Tuesday. Before we get out here, I want to remind everybody, Cubs on tap, one of two, 
official podcast here of the On Tap Sports Center covering the Chicago Cubs. Follow our friends over at the Dingers Podcast at Digger Cubs on social media. The boys are great. They were live last night. Um, be sure to catch up with their show. They talk about the Jordan Wick start over the weekend uh, and everything from hating the Brewers to just about everything in between. It's quite a good show. Be sure to tune in. Also, as we keep it moving here, follow us at Cubbies on Tap, C U B B I. Yes, you know the drill on social media. He's at Juice on Tap. I'm at Loose on Tap. Uh, Joey knows Juice on Tap, Loose on Tap, Juice on Tap, Loose on Tap. Yes, crack him, block him, and fuck him, Joey. As always, be sure to follow Joey at Joey Knows Nothing at Teddy Freddy 270 and Nick underscore on tap and Bulls Guy Rob. Be sure following all of us here at Cubs on Tap. You know the drill. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. We got it all. Bears was live tonight. 53-man roster. Bears season is upon us, folks. You'll hear Juice and I over there as well uh, with our boy Q. Uh, it's going to be a great season over at Bears on Tap. And, again, Bulls and Blackhawks are in session soon as well. Be sure to follow along there. And, again, friends, you guys have friends that like the shitty Southsiders. So do we. Send your friends to our friends, and they can be friends. At socks on tap, they do. Good if you need a gun, just find some rolls. Apparently, I don't know. It's been a hell of a week. If you haven't followed it, folks, it went from like Rick Hahn has another year on his deal, uh, to to Monday some other shit happened, and then they both got fired, and then like craziness happened, and Getz is going to get promoted from within because that's so Jerry, and then you know they're they got people sneaking guns in under belly fat rolls. It's a weird fucking season over at the South Side. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, we don't have to deal with that. We have good playoff caliber baseball to talk about. Yeah, they've had plenty to talk about. Yeah, so, like, again, you Cubs fans, tell your Cubs fans, like, hey, yo, yo, you should come to us. But, like, your Southside fans, like, hey, do you want to be reminded of how terrible your team is? Go listen to their friends over at Sox on Tap. Nonetheless, give some love either way. Uh, the the boys do a great job. It just so happens they root for a terrible franchise. Neither, neither here nor there. OnTapSportsNet.com, at OnTapSportsNet, on social media, the OnTapSportsNet. Go and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Joey says Alex Cobb is a no-no going against the Reds through eight. We love that. Uh, we also love get out of here. The only way we know how, Juice, what do you say, buddy? What do you got for me? Fuck Milwaukee. Fuck hey, that place. Yes! Second-class organization and city. FTB, FTC, FTMLB. Yeah, and that Bunton bitch. Bunton bitch Yelich. That guy, too. Here we go. Let's go. Yeah. 